You're with Dr. Darlie Elise, bringing you uncommon insights and practices on wellness, relationships, and spirituality in seven-minute nuggets or less. Jesus loves you, just not like that, is the topic of discussion today. So, I'm in my kitchen prepping to make an apple pie. On my laptop, I've pulled up a vegan recipe with really good reviews. Surprise, surprise, the recipe calls for apples, but I'm all out. So suppose I use oranges instead. Hey, after all, they're both fruit. You wouldn't be the least bit shocked that the pie turns out an epic failure. My error is both simple and obvious. To make apple pie, I need apples. Oranges, delicious, nutritious, satisfying as they may be, and although they too are fruit, make poor substitutes for the recipe at hand. To make apple pie, I need apples. Now let's talk about love, shall we? Popular Christian philosophy teaches singles what I call relational substitution. We have come to believe that it is spiritual to substitute the love of a romantic partner for the love of God. The error communities of faith make in teaching relational substitution is both simple and obvious. Like you need apples for apple pie, ladies need a man for marriage, and men need a woman. An emotionally healthy, Bible-based theology of love requires we understand the fundamental difference between types of relationships. Let's take a look at how scripture introduces us to the different types of relationships God created. In the beginning, after five days of God's repeated assessment of his creative work as good, Genesis chapter two records God saying, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. But how can Adam be alone if God is there? Why isn't God enough for Adam? And why isn't God's love enough? To my singles listening to this, haven't we heard versions of these platitudes in well-meaning encouragement to live a so-called contented single life? Back to the Genesis story. As readers, we're naturally expecting the very next words in the narrative to present a solution to the problem God called not good. The narrative continues. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. So, God blesses Adam with pets? Here, the biblical writer adds intensity to the situation by heightening Adam's aloneness in juxtaposition to having the company of God himself and now animals all around. The Garden of Eden is filled with creatures great and small and God brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. If we were to stop reading there, we would think God resolved the not good of Adam's aloneness by busying Adam with the work, or ministry if you prefer, of naming the animals. However, there's more to the story. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. The writer informs us the not good thing in God's good world remains. Adam is alone, a not good state of being, despite living in perfection, in God's presence, in the company of animals, and busy with work, until God created Eve. And at that, God pronounced his creative work of the day as very good. The creation account reveals crucial relationship lessons from our origins on which to build an emotionally healthy spirituality. 
I'd like to highlight three in particular. Number one, we serve a God who is infinitely emotionally secure. Adam was in perfect relationship with his creator and had access to God's fully unveiled presence. Yet, it was God who said Adam was both alone and it was not good. And he didn't stop there. God created Eve, with whom he would now have to share Adam. And he was totally okay with that. In fact, he was glorified in their union. God was not kicked off of his throne when Eve came into existence. He didn't suddenly lose his spot as Elohim of the cosmos. God enjoys eternal job security. God is not replaced when someone special comes into our lives. His title as Lord forever remains unchanged. The relationship between man and his creator is different than that of a man and a woman. These relationships are not interchangeable and neither can be substituted. Think apples, think oranges. Jesus loves us, just not like that. Number two, the historical narrative of Genesis 2 verses 18 through 20 is not a lesson in humanity's simple need of company. God designed us for company and for romantic companionship. Adam had God's company. Then Adam enjoyed the company of animals in nature. Then Adam was blessed with a lifelong romantic and intimate companionship of Eve. And as the relational web of humankind expanded, we now all have opportunities for new types of relationships. Parents, siblings, extended family, work relationships, neighbors, classmates, and so many more. And that, my friends, is a holistic picture of human relational flourishing. Number three, God didn't create Adam alone in error. He was making a point captured beautifully by the biblical writer. Men and women are better together. As such, our need for romantic companionship is not a sign of weakness. It's not the red flag of lack of faith. It is not to be shamed nor exploited. Rather, this need should be handled with great tenderness. Adam experienced the not good of being alone for less than a day. The mishandled concept of the gift of singleness has tens of thousands of Christian singles living the not good of being alone for years, decades, even a lifetime. Thanks for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, share it with a friend. See you next time.